0: She is. Awesome. Went to all the Kivu people. We're, we're broadcasting this live over YouTube.
1: All right, boom. We are live. Kibu podcast with Andy Brainerd, Drew Croson. What's Andy, up, everybody? Andy put the bat signal out that he wanted to have a conversation about uh, some serious topics, which is kind of a departure from what Jip and I did
0: earlier this week.
1: <laughs> as he <you> might have Hey.
0: <laughs> I, I I'm sure there was some seriousness in that conversation, but you know
1: we seriously discussed 1960s James Bond movies
0: in a serious, <laughs>
1: <and> important, <laughs> an important way.
0: All right, so here's my gig. Like, uh, we got to be fast because you got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. So, all you podcast listeners, I know you don't have much time. So we we don't have much time either. But I think this is important. With um with with paris happening on november the 14th 13th or 14th yeah we had beirut happening the day before we had san bernardino california happened just two weeks ago and so the country has basically lost its mind wondering what is going on with muslims what's going on with isis what's going on how do we deal with security got this Syrian refugee crisis. I mean, I don't mean to throw too many political things in the way here. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but there's a lot happening, and the world's melting down, bro, and we got to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean,
1: I can talk a little bit about what it's like to live in Europe. They opened up a refugee camp down the street from my house.
0: Um, Come on, talk to me about that. What was that like?
1: Okay, well, it's not a big deal. That's what it's like. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's not a big deal. So it's – uh. <laughs> Um, if, I watch, so I keep up with the news in America, but then I have a refugee camp down the street from my house, and so it's kind of like I'm being told this is unsafe, and I'm being told that this is going to, but then I'm seeing it every day, and it's not unsafe, and it's families, and they're yeah. not all from Syria. A lot of them are from the Balkan states. and Some of them are from Afghanistan. Some of them are from Iraq and Syria and Iran. It's just people, and and what's what's being also left unsaid is that A lot of these people, um, kind of similar to any government overthrow that happens around the world, unfortunately, if you're able to make it out, a lot of times you're not poor. So some of these people are doctors and lawyers from Syria who Mm -hmm. had the cash to get out of Syria, but now they don't have any cash because they can't be doctors and lawyers in Germany. But they're educated people. They're people who want to work. They're people who need uh, something to do. And I, so to this, the whole idea of they're just these uh, extremists who have come to Germany to, to wreak havoc, that's just that's not true. They are, they are the people who are running because they know anytime a government is toppled, the educated people are the first to be killed off. And so they know that ISIS is yeah. going to be gunning for them because they're the educated, secular, moderate Muslim, not the, uh, ex- not the extremist. And so when I see my home state, like tech, my home state, Texas, trying the TARDIS to keep refugees out, I, I don't I don't get it. They're they're not seeing what I'm seeing. I'm I'm looking out the window at a refugee, not talking about them like they're not real people.
0: Yeah, so I think that's part of the problem is we, we don't have a face, and the face that has been given to the refugee is ISIS extremists, Muslims coming to kill Americans in quote-unquote gun-free zones. And I think, that, I think you make an important point. First people out are always the people that are educated. Second point, ISIS is evil. I mean, I think everybody in the world can see that this death cult that's going on in Syria, in northern Syria, is totally 100% evil. Um, I was talking to a State Department guy last week, and he says there's five ways to get into America. You can get into America on a tourist visa, super easy. You show up, you do the tourist thing. You can get in on a work visa. which is a little bit more complicated because you have to prove that you have a job and you have a company that sponsors you. You can get in on the the marriage visa, which evidently this lady in San Bernardino did, which is, again, it's a little bit more stringent but not very. You can get in on a – you can come illegally. You can just cross the border, or you can apply for Syrian – or you can apply for refugee status refugee status in America just so everybody knows this is a two-year process for people to vet and and the ability to get in on refugee status in America is not easy no it's the hardest so, one to do so as we it's the hardest one to do so if we really want to talk about refugees and we want to say we want to protect our communities and our neighborhoods from Isis then we ought to be talking about the easy visas to get in if we do that, just so everybody knows, if we start saying it gets harder and harder to get into America, then that little blue passport that you use to go to other countries is also going to be vetted, and you're not going to be able to just show up at airports anymore. You're going to have to like go to the embassy of maybe Germany, maybe, and yeah. say I need a visa, and then we're going to go through a vetting process there. So this is not just a we have to protect our own homeland problem. This is a problem. Yeah, have you ever it been to Brazil? Wanderlust. Never been to Brazil.
1: You know why you've never been to Brazil? I haven't either. Brazil is one of the hardest countries to get into as an American. And the reason Brazil is one of the hardest countries to get into as an American is because Brazil's government doesn't like the fact that America requires Brazilian citizens to go through all this process to get a travel visa to America. So to get a tourist visa to Brazil, you have to physically go into a Brazilian consulate. You can't mail it off you got to drive to D.C. or Houston or one of the places that has a Brazilian consulate, stand in a long line, and hopefully get a visa to Brazil. Then buy your flight. You can't do that. You don't have to do that to go almost anywhere else in the world as an American. A lot of other countries, you have to do that to Saudi? go everywhere. Saudi, you gotta go, You got to go through a Both lot of Both you and I have been to Saudi.
0: China, China has a visa process that's a little bit extensive. I mean, it's a little easier, but but it's not. It's not like you can just show up. So I just think that we have to weigh, what are we actually saying? And then, and then maybe the deeper question is, why are we responding the way that we're responding? 14 people got killed in California in a brutal murder, and it's awful. But how many people died in a car wreck that same day? We're not talking about stopping to drive. We're not talking about limiting driver's license.
1: The Planned Parenthood guy. Parenthood clinic up was a white male who shot up a Planned Parenthood clinic and he shot, was it half the same? He shot killed like six people in a Planned Parenthood clinic in Colorado Springs. No one is talking about banning, but he was crazy, oh, right? He, was, he was, crazy. was crazy. They are terrorists. No one talks about banning <laughs> white males from movie theaters, clinics, and and uh college campuses. It seems like white males do a lot of damage on movie theaters, college campuses, and clinics. We're the ones who are shooting those up. Yet no one is talking about banning us from America because we're already there.
0: So it seems to me like logic has been thrown out the window. Fear has entered into our heart. And and so I tried last week to ask some questions about ISIS on my Facebook wall. I don't know if you saw this, but that was really an interesting – test to see kind of what do people think about ISIS and Muslims? My first foray was, what do you think about ISIS? Who are they? Where do they come from? An important conversation we need to have because they are evil. The, if you go read the comments on that, that question, nobody wanted to talk about facts. Everybody wanted to talk about gun ownership rights and the federal government taking away our ability to keep people out and, Nobody really wanted to talk about the issue at hand and it got pretty vile. I mean, Facebook has kind of turned into shout as much violent vileness as you possibly can and it's okay. The
1: so club debate off, has gotten that and way.
0: And the second <laughs> thing Oh my gosh. And, and 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 okay, we we need to have that conversation, but we don't need to have that conversation in a place of fear. Then we had what we were going to talk about. We have these leaders like Jerry Falwell uh, Franklin Graham, these Christian leaders who are saying, "Go out, get yourself a gun, and get to those Muslims." Now, I I just posted that article, and and in my thought was, I'll post the article, and if people respond, I'll be careful to respond back just to give some answers and try not to be snarky. I didn't want to be all you know inciting violence, and it turned into another vile Facebook. No, 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 no. So my question to you, Drew, you're living in Europe. You're, you, by the way, Angela Merkel just got Time Magazine's Person of the Year. She just should. To, you know, that she you know. should. Yeah, she's
1: unbelievable. She's unbelievable.
0: So what do we do? What do we, as people who follow Jesus, who are obviously in this funky world time, where the world seems to be melting down around us because of this evil terror thing, how do we approach this?
1: Well, I think it's, it's really difficult because I think it was Tony Campolo who said it's not that Christ's uh, uh, commandments have been tried and failed. It's that they've been tried and found difficult, and so people just quit. Um, and that's, what's, that's what happens. If you try to bring up well, Jesus says to do this, this, and this, people always say something like, well, this is real life. <laughs> what, was, like, what was he doing? <laughs> He lived in an occupied territory <laughs> with Roman soldiers every single day. He had people who hated him. He had the Jews, uh, the the Pharisees and Sadducees didn't like him because he was different. He had the Romans; they didn't like him because he was a Jew. You had he had all these people who wanted to beat him up, kiss, kick him, uh, spit in his face, all those kinds of things. That was a that was the daily life of a first century Palestinian Jew. And instead of saying, oh, guys, it's real life, so you should make sure that you defend yourself against the Romans. He said the opposite. He said, no, 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 if they ask you to do this, do it twice as much as they, they ask you to. He doubled down. He doubled down when he could have easily said, no, no, it's okay to defend yourself. And so I think that people are, are really, really easily, easily scared. And as Christians, we're really easily uh, like frazzled. When, it, when we should instead be going look we're supposed to have this security and this trust but we don't seem to act any more trusting or secure than anybody if, As a matter of fact we act less than the atheist we act we act less secure in this life than anybody else when we should be the most secure in this life because this we know this life is just the beginning of another thing and that that to me is such a it, that's such a uh, backwards reading of, of the New Testament, and then people bring up the Old Testament. They say things like, well, in the Old Testament, Jesus said to, God said to kill all these people. Well, that's, a, that's a really rash generalization to make on the Old Testament, and I really like, okay, well, let's pick and choose you know, the Old Testament, and what, what we want to say is okay, what we don't want to say is okay. But if you look at the Old Testament through the New and say, well, Jesus is the fulfillment of all these things that happen in the Old Testament, you can say well you know these guys were just trying to tell us the way they were experiencing god at that moment in history not necessarily it's okay to commit a genocide but instead at, for us in this moment we felt like god was telling us to do this that's kind of more what the what the old testament looks like the more you look at jesus
0: there's just yeah so we have, we have. So what I'm hearing you say is, we have kind of these, we have several different narratives. They're all winding themselves in together. We have the faith narrative for those who want to follow Jesus, and that's a conversation we need to have. But what if somebody doesn't follow Jesus? And then we have the Muslim conversation, and, and are Muslims terrorists? And his the Koran, evil, and we have to decide that we have to figure out what's really going on, and that's a different yeah. conversation. And then you have this sort of geopolitical problem, which is another conversation. That you know, what is what are all these Western countries doing to the Middle East, or what is the Middle East doing to all the Western countries to cause something like this to happen? And, and then you have probably, I think, maybe one of the most important conversations is the human conversation. As I was talking to a Muslim last week in Dubai. And we were talking about, you know, just the, the state of the union of Muslims in the region. He said, can you imagine you have 15 years or maybe 20 years now where your country is on the fringe of being bombed by the West? Whether it was Gulf War One, Gulf War II, Iraq invasion, Afghanistan. Every single day you see people being bombed. I mean, we had 14 people that got shot in California, and it was terrible. And the yeah. news covered it for an entire week. Imagine if it was 200 people every single day. What does that do to your psyche? And what does that do to the sickness of a human being that may draw somebody to a gang like ISIS and say, Hey, you know what? I can either die in a drone drop or I can die going down fighting for what I believe. And yeah. and it's like, okay, well, maybe we need to address why they think what they think you know
1: we, we they're evil and no one agrees with isis and no one would ever say that what they're doing is justifiable but that, everyone knows that and everyone agrees with that but for some reason we refuse to have the conversation of where they come from and how do we help them get to where they are and that's something that's like did we mess up and although I, is it productive to ask you mess up does that question help us solve problems not as much as we might want we might want to solve the problem and then ask okay how did we cause this problem in the first place but I think we're, we as Americans especially are really prone to not ever admit fault as long as the problem is more evil than we are so we don't want to say we had a hand in causing this problem if the problem is what we call unjustifiable so, yes, ISIS is unjustifiably evil, but at the same time like the thing that caused ISIS was things that we did. <laughs> like um, America and the West single hand, like, like, as a group, made a primordial soup, to use an evolution term, that then sprung out, that ISIS sprung out from. That's what we made this the, the climate in the Middle East such that ISIS could thrive, and ISIS could exist. Now, does that help us get rid of ISIS? No, but it helps us get rid of the next ISIS.
0: And well, and, it, and I think it does. I think it helps us unwind. I mean, it's kind of like if you go to your kitchen sink and your sink is dripping, you don't go, well, I'll just bash the sink in and and then we'll rebuild it. You go, well, I wonder why it's dripping. And you start investigating like the problem. And once you find the problem, then you can address this, address the solution in a more logical way. Maybe you just need a little plumber's tape, or maybe you need a new faucet, but you don't know that until you decide what the problem really is. And so when we unwind what we've done, or what, is, what has happened in the Middle East, and we say, you know, we've caused this, what I think is PTSD all sure. over the Middle East in a real rational sense, maybe we unwind that, and we go, okay, how do we give care? Like, how do we, instead of dropping bombs, let's drop psychologists. Instead of dropping bombs, let's drop schools. Instead of dropping bombs, let's drop hospitals. And maybe when the when the larger group of people see America as a helping hand, and the West, you know, we're here to help you instead of hurt you, maybe then, you know, all the calls for the people of the region to take care of ISIS will, will, will maybe draw some more attention. Thoughts? Yeah,
1: I agree. And here's the thing, like, you know the definition of insanity is always people say you know it's doing the same thing more than once expecting a different result. We've been at war in the Middle East since two thousand and one. It's the longest war America has been oh, in. since nineteen ninety one. Right, you could say it's nineteen
0: ninety one. We've been
1: at every turn when something happens, nine eleven, whatever. The first option is we should go bomb them. Okay, well, we've since let's say since since 11 we have been dropping bombs in Iraq since two thousand and three. ISIS exists, What's the, what have we solved? What has the bombing solved? We did that with Bush as president, the, and ISIS exists. We're doing it with Obama as president. And so when Obama goes on the air and says something, and then I see people like, he's such, a, he's such a wuss, you know, he should just be going in. Guys, again, what has that ever solved in the Middle East? When have we seen in the Middle East mm-hmm. the solution being more troops, more bombs. We've had a case study since 2001, and it is now 2015, and we are nowhere closer to peace in the Middle East than we were in 2001. In fact, we've taken a problem. We take we took a stable Iraq, which was a terrible place uh, for the Kurds, a terrible place for a lot of people groups because of Saddam Hussein, but it was a stable government. We took uh, Afghanistan, which had the Taliban. They were terrible. It's Now, 2015, the Taliban still exists, (laughs) Iraq is now a hellscape, and Syria has fallen off the map and is now a hellscape full of ISIS. We haven't solved any problems since 2001. We've caused two more problems, and that's why I don't don't get
0: get it. So I just I think this podcast is really interesting. Is short the shortest time we have. One, we can know that the Middle East is complex and it's not as easy as just saying, "Hey, let's do A, B, C, and D and done." We can know that the geopolitical reasons are complex, and the leaders and the people involved in business. I mean, there's a whole complexity behind that conversation, and we can know that the Christian response is complex. And so my my whole reason for even touching this issue is that people who follow Jesus can back up a little bit and just admit we don't, we don't know all the players. We're not as smart as we think we are. When you get on face, Facebook and you start spewing all of the language, just make sure when you spew language that you're, you're intelligent. And, and at the end of the day, like you said, we already know that this life is short. We already know that our job here is different. We already know that the kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of the world. And so can we explore what that kingdom looks like without drumming up fear and getting people all roused up? That's, I mean, I just would hope that we can encourage people to do that.
1: The story, uh, the last thing I want to talk about, there's a story of a Hasidic rabbi uh, in Germany in the 1940s. So, pretty dangerous time to be a rabbi in Germany. And uh, a Nazi comes up to him and they're putting him under arrest and he, he's refusing to leave uh, the place where he's got other Jews that he's protecting. And they point a gun at his head and he they ask him how many people are, are in there and he says why are you pointing this gun at me and he said this what you're doing might scare someone who believes in one life or many gods but i believe in more than one world and i believe in one god so this doesn't scare me Hello. and so i feel like that is the response that's the that response to what Uh, what's happening in in the world instead of saying we are afraid of these people what was the worst that they can do to you what's the worst they can do to you the best thing that could ever happen to you
0: yeah the worst they can do is right right the worst thing they can do is take your life and you go to heaven right right okay so that's beautiful that's beautiful well thanks for joining us on the podcast we're going to make it short today we're gonna to try to do this more often, so pay attention. You can check my Facebook wall out. I'm sure you can check Drew's Facebook wall out. We're gonna post this on our YouTube channel and make sure that, that you know people can think about it and talk about it. And if you've got issues that you wanna talk about, send in your questions. We'd love to talk about it here, and specifically in the Middle East. I've spent the last decade trying to figure this out, so I've got a little bit of, a, of an understanding of what's going on, although it changes every day. And every time I go, it just blows my mind. Right. There's something else to think about. but. Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for the conversation. All
1: right, Brenner. I'll talk to you later.
0: God bless. Have fun in Germany. See you, buddy. See